News Radio 680 WPTF and I on Health. This is Care for You and Your Parents. And hi there, my name is Scott Fitzgerald. This is a service of Transitions Life Care. We certainly couldn't do it without those folks. You, you know them formerly as a Hospice of Wake County, but they do so much more than that. And uh, one of the folks that does so much more than that with Transitions, Cooper Linton. Hi there, Cooper. Good evening. Good to be here. Good to have you uh, for the new year. Can you believe it, 2017? It snuck up on us, it Scott. It did. It did. How many checks have you written so far with 2016 still on? Uh, pretty much every one of every them. Every single yeah. one of them? Okay. In July, I'll ask you the same question. It'll still be every one of we'll them. It takes how... me six months, seven months to catch up. <laughs> yeah. I'm still doing 2015 or paying things from 2015, So, but that's my own personal issue. Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights. Hello. Hey. Happy to be here. Uh, good to have you, and Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year. And uh, so, the inaugural show for 2017, and... Uh, we had a lot of folks get together for the holidays, and family members saw each other for maybe the first time in a long, long time, and that brings changes, doesn't it? It does. Very often, that's a time of, of great joy and comfort and family traditions. Sometimes we also come face-to-face with the reality that things aren't like they were at last Christmas or at Fourth of July or whenever that last family gathering was, and it creates a need for a reassessment of what's going on in the life of our loved one. And that brings us to our first guest today. Uh, her name is Beth Winhart, and she's the marketing director for Carolina Relocation and Transition Specialist. Now, that's a, that's a lot of words, but we're going to find out more about that in just a minute. So, Beth, welcome to the program. You've never been on the radio before, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so we're going to make this as terrifying for you as possible. You're right there on that microphone. It's not going to bite you, I promise. If it does bite you, uh, we have insurance, and uh, it has had all of its shots. Good. So you're going to be in very, very good shape. (laughs) Now, um, before we actually turn the microphones on this evening, uh, Cooper and and Nicole, especially, you were saying that the phones were were lighting up for you at Transitions. Holy cow, yeah. I mean, and this is a pretty typical um, January is when folks, you know, as Cooper just said, people were just home and they just saw their loved ones and um, they've really noticed some changes. And I think throughout the year, you you tend to talk to mom or dad on the phone and you might kind of notice there was something going on, but you kind of live in denial until you see it face to face and when you get to the house things might not have been the way they were before and I think it's time to to do a reassessment so that's why our phones are ringing people are looking to place loved ones in assisted living or what can I do to get care into the home or what can I possibly do to help improve mom's memory or or whatnot but a lot of folks that we're talking to are talking about making a living change so that's why we're so excited to have you here and I know that's something that you specialize in right Beth? Right thank you Nicole. You're welcome. Um, We are Carolina Relocation and Transition Specialist, and we are a senior move management company. Mm -hmm. So we work specifically with older adults and seniors who are downsizing and moving. And we help them to um, get through that very overwhelming process. Mm -hmm. Um, We find that older adults and seniors are particularly overwhelmed in this process because the the thought of changing their living environment and their lifestyle is very overwhelming. And then there's that piece of what do I do with my possessions, the things that I've accumulated for years and years and need to, um, may not be able to take all of those with me to my new home. So um, that becomes a very overwhelming piece of the process as well. So is it fair to say this is almost always related to downsizing? We're not upsizing most of the time. We're we're looking at at trying to, to get somebody ready for smaller digs a smaller uh, living environment? Um, That is true, Cooper. We do find that most often as an older adult, we've spent years accumulating things and moving to spaces of 
similar or larger size and as we become older that space becomes much harder to manage and so we do need to be in a smaller space and um, frequently in assisted living or a retirement community um, where we can have the care that we need or someone to help with meals and those kinds of things. So yes, it is generally a downsize type move. So Beth, which is the bigger challenge? The stuff, the move, or the people? I think for our clients, the stuff is the biggest challenge because they have possessions that they've accumulated over years of time and they're very attached to those things because they represent important parts of those clients' lives. And for them to part with those is, um, is somewhat of a grief process. Yeah. It's very difficult for them to let those things go. Well, some of the stuff's important. I've got a great aunt that has QVC and a credit card mm-hmm. and right. a storage room you know, in, in her place. And uh, I don't know that any of that's important. Apparently, at the moment that she bought it all, it was very, very important. But uh, One of the things that I find particularly useful with move managers is that you get to be in an awkward situation when you're dealing with parents and children. And so it gets to be, you know, the children may not have an emotional attachment to some of the stuff and they just see it as junk and they just want mom to get rid of it all. So that kind of sets up some contention between the the, the two groups, I guess, the subgroups. But I think when you bring in a move manager, you can come in sort of as a third party person and really help that older adult look at the items and make decisions of, you know, do I really need 25 porcelain dolls or are there one or two perhaps that are the most important to me versus the daughter going in there and saying, mom, this is just all garbage. Nobody in the family really wants it. And that just gets to be hurtful. Um, do you find that that tends to help family situations when a move manager is involved or do you, do you see that commonly? Absolutely. That's a very common thing is for um, children to say, mom, you don't need all this stuff. You got to get rid of it. You're not going to have space for it. That makes um, the older adult feel like their things are not important and not the things that they worked so hard for years to accumulate mm-hmm. um, are not respected and um, the children don't feel like it's important. So it does create some tension. We really like for children to be able to be um, involved in the happy side of this and maintaining a good relationship with their parents while we as a third party can come in and help make those hard decisions. It's also true that um, the parents will work more readily with somebody that is a professional third party because Uh there's not an emotional attachment involved um, or conflicting opinions. And we work with those clients to help them. Um, We don't say you have to get rid of everything. We tell them, you know, talk to us about the things that are the most important to you. So while we're working with them, we hear their life stories. Mm -hmm. Beth, in in this discussion, it seems like that the the older adult is present and, and engaged in this process. Do you ever handle moves where the older adult is no longer able to be part of it and you're trying to help the family sort this out without the guidance of their loved one. Yes, that does happen. Um, and when we have that situation, then we work hand-in-hand hand with the family to try to get a good picture on what is important, um, what would be important for that older adult. If in a case of an older adult who maybe um, has some memory issues and they're moving to another space, then we work to try to set that new space up so that there are familiar things there to make them feel more at home, whether it's the family pictures on the wall. 
before we drill down to, into exactly what a movie manager does, because I, I've, I've become very familiar with what you do, and it's amazing. I just think it's absolutely wonderful on so many different levels. Gosh, we should have them for people like us. I mean, I've moved way too many times in the last few years, and I'm like, I could have used this so many times. But one of the things that I've personally been a witness to and party to, um, and then I've heard of other family members, part of this process is, you know, a lot of times older adults want things to to leave to loved ones, and that can sometimes contribute to this stuff. Do you ever have conversations about to to these um, older with these older adults about give it now versus later? You know, like if you have this jewelry or this lamp, and you know this is something you want your daughter to have, give it now versus after you pass. Is that some of the types of things you try to help people with when they're parting with their belongings? Yes, it is because we help them to get through that decision process, mm-hmm. looking at the space that they will be moving to and and how many things can go with them. So I encourage people to be generous, Mm -hmm. to give Christmas and birthday gifts out of their cabinets and Mm -hmm. closets. Um, You know, we may have clients who have china or special collections. Um, There may not be a family member who wants all the pieces of that special collection, but to give a piece or two of it because the family member will treasure that piece or two because it belonged to their aunt or their grandmother, whereas they don't necessarily need a whole collection. So, you know, with that being said, you know, that actual gift giving process, I mean, I think that is really wonderful because it also saves a lot of grief after the person dies. A lot of times when we bring in elder care attorneys, they talk about people have feuds over this, the Santa cup that somebody used for Christmas every year, right. you know, but if you can give it now, you can, you can kind of get rid of some of those issues that may happen later. Right. And, and it gives a comfort to that older adult to know that they're putting their possessions in the hands of someone who is going to appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Beth, how does somebody find you guys online? What's the best way for somebody to do that? Um, we are www.carolina-rts.com. Um, we have a website there um, that tells about our company, our services, and has um, some comments from our clients that we've already worked with. Okay. So Carolina-RTS, which stands for Relocation and Transitions Specialists. Dot com. Okay. Yes. We'll do a break and back and, uh, and more on the way with Cooper Linton, Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights, and of course Beth with Carolina Relocation and Transition Specialists here on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF and I on health and care for you and your parents. We created this program over two years ago because each and every day, 10,000 of us are turning the age of 65. And by the year 2020, half of us are going to be over the age of 50. So we've got a change in demographics, which means there's a need for new and more services. So that's why we're so thankful that Transitions Guiding Lights and Transitions Life Care are a part of this radio program. Nicole Bruno and Cooper Lenton here today. And we're talking about moving. Yeah, and I, as I, we got into this conversation, it struck me that, you know, when I was moving in college, it was basically grab your backpack, back, grab your toothbrush, and grab that six-year-old couch that you got from the dump and hope it makes it. Right. I've got a feeling things have changed a little bit. And so our idea of moving as a society, we think a big truck showing up, is that what you guys do? And how is, how is what you guys do, Beth, as a moving company or a senior move management different than hiring a moving company, because I could just hire a moving company to help with mom, right? Well, you will not get the same services from a standard moving company that you will from a senior move management company. Um, our, a senior move management company works with our clients to care for them through the whole process 
so that there is an organized flow that we get them to their new location with the things that they need. That generally starts with floor planning so that we actually come in and measure furniture, measure the new space, talk to the client about what the most important things for them to take with them are so that we understand what are their priorities. Once we work with that client on their specific priorities, then we work through a floor plan to help them use their space as they would like and also to get there with their most important possessions. So it's really getting started with the destination in mind, particularly with a smaller destination in mind, as opposed to simply getting all, all the stuff on a truck and moving it across town. Right. If you put all the stuff on the truck and move it across town, you're going to get there with way too much stuff and have boxes stacked everywhere instead of a comfortable environment. Well, and I think that's really useful, especially for an older adult that has all this stuff. You're moving from a 2,500-square-foot house to maybe 800 square feet to actually sit in front of them black and white and say, this is the space you have now. This is the space to scale of what you're going to have, and these are the dimensions of your items. How are we going to make this fit? And I think sometimes if you you show people those true facts, I think that really helps people make a decision. Well, there's obviously no way we can fit you know, the china closet, plus the armoire, plus the table, you know, know, Mm -hmm. four couches. And and so I think that can help folks really realize and come to terms with the fact that we can't take all this. Because I have heard nightmares of people who've moved into communities where literally there's like a little tiny path because they've brought so much stuff and and because they didn't use a move manager and then they're just overwhelmed with the the lack of space in their apartments. And then it becomes a trip hazard too. It does. It, It becomes a very large health hazard for several reasons. One, because of the tripping hazard of having too much stuff around Mm -hmm. and two because that disorganized state really affects the health of older adults and makes them unhealthy it also prevents them from getting out into um, meet their new friends and neighbors if they're living in a community so that they don't become integrated as quickly have you ever had anybody want to move a a life-sized stuffed horse I have not. Okay, I don't know why that, I thought that would of be that, a first. But, uh, how do you deal with the uh, the the position of saying you can't? Because at some point in time, reality needs to hit. Um, I know that with kids, it's often wise to say, you know, give them choices. You know, would you rather have pizza now and ice cream later, or would you? you know, I mean, so you give them a choice. They don't get to just sort of, you know, blurt out, a, you know, this is what I want. Do you say, well, you can either bring? the armoire, or the china cabinet, which one's more important to you? Is that kind of a strategy that you might use? Um, it is a strategy. We do that at the point that we've already <clears throat> c- taken into consideration what the client's requests are, and then we lay it out on a floor plan where we actually sit down with them at the table um, and show them what they have requested, and there may be pieces that don't fit, mm-hmm. and we talk about, well, if let's talk about which one is most important to you because if you take these two then you can't take this one so it is a process I have a question specifically related to those who may have a cognitive impairment dementia or Alzheimer's disease I recently saw an article is pretty interesting to help folks when they move to a new setting people are actually literally taking the front door in some of these senior living communities, they're allowing them to take the front door from their home and put it on their or their apartment door so they can find their, their room a little bit easier, which I thought was a pretty ingenious idea. I don't know how that works with fire code and whatnot in some of these places, right. but it, it looked pretty neat. It was fascinating. It was, but... You know, one of the things that I've heard some senior move managers do, and I don't know if this is something that your company actually does, is you really try to set up their apartment to be exactly the way it was 
in their other home, like literally where the pictures were and the way things were laid out on the dressing table so that when they get to this new space, it really helps them orientate and, and get more comfortable with the space a little sooner. Is that something that you do as well or is that something specific to just a different company? No, that is a very, um, a very specific strategy that we use, particularly for clients who have memory issues. Um, and even some who don't, but just need that familiarity that we can tell as we work with them that it, this is going to be so difficult and so stressful that we want to create the space to be as much like their previous home as we can. So, Beth, uh, a little over four years ago, we downsized my mother's home and moved her into an assisted living because of a, um, uh, an unexpected health challenge that she ran into. And we went from 4,000 feet to 600 feet. Um, which was challenging at many levels. And part of it for her is we couldn't set the room up or her apartment up to look like it had at home. But we tried to make sure that everything she that mattered most to her was somewhere in that apartment. So she had these emotional touch points uh, throughout that apartment that she looked at that painting or that figurine, and that's what mattered to her. How do you get to that space, or is that what you guys do, or... That is really what we do by listening to the client and hearing what they have to say. Even with a client who may have memory issues, um, they can they will tell us what's important to them. And while we may not be able to set up a room to duplicate the exact space, it may be as simple as this particular painting has been hanging over the sofa for the last however many years, so we put it back there. Um, it may be that the table beside mom's recliner is always on the right-hand side of the recliner. So we're going to make sure it goes back on the right-hand side of the recliner. So even if you can't duplicate the entire space, you can create small, smaller parts of it to be the same so that it makes them feel comfortable. So you have to pare down the number of belongings that somebody can end up moving. Do you help them with the dispensation of the stuff that's left? Do you find storage spaces or do you help them find a you know an estate you know, um, auctioneer, or do you help them with that particular portion of things? Yes, we do help people deal with the things that they're leaving behind. That is very much determined by what they have. Mm -hmm. So that may be a sale. It may be items that need to be donated. They may have family or friends on the other side of the country that need to have things shipped to them. So we can help with all of that. Between those two pieces of making the decisions of what's going to go and what they're doing with the things they're leaving behind is the actual packing and moving process, which we also um, handle for them so that it's done in an orderly fashion. Gotcha. What about the handoff to out of state? Do you work within a network of other move managers? You know, say, you know, mom's moving from California to North Carolina. Are you all going to fly out to California and do this and then follow mom all the way to North Carolina? Or, you know, how does that work? Because I can imagine, you know, we live in a really transplant area where folks are moving loved ones to be closer. How does a senior move manager assist in that process? So um, senior move managers, we are a member of the National Association of Senior Move Management. And so senior move management companies that are part of that network can connect with senior move managers who are in other parts of the country. Um, and so for somebody who's moving a really long distance, say, across country, then that is how we connect them. And that allows us to handle things such as floor planning um, because we're where the new space is and we can communicate with that senior move manager. Um, in addition, if, this, if they're from out of state but new, not at a long distance, we do frequently actually go to... Um, their home in another state um, 
particularly if it's on the East Coast. So, Beth, the one question we get on every one of these senior resource issues is how much does this cost and how do I pay for it? So that is a very frequent question that we get. Um, the cost varies by the services needed. So as a senior move management company, a big part of what we do is we go in and work with the client. We do an assessment, which is no charge for us to come do that. And once we've met with them and understand what their specific needs are, then we can give them an estimate to meet their specific needs. Wonderful. So each one, each move is tailored specifically to what they're doing, where they're going, and what they got. So, Beth, again, I appreciate you joining us here today. Let me make sure I get this website right so people can contact you. Carolina-RTS.com? Yes. I did it right. You did great. I did it right because I wrote it in grape jelly here on this piece of paper. So, <laughs> will, will you come back and do this again with us sometime? Absolutely. Okay. I'd love to. A break and back and more about uh, issues that affect you as a caregiver or uh, as a caregivee. Is that the right way to do it? Well, I'll get corrected on the other side of the break here on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Ion Health. It's care for you and your parents. And uh, it never ceases to amaze me how appropriate this program is. Um, my stepmother has got a 95-year-old mother, and she's been transitioning in and out of rehab facilities and, uh, and now is finally back home again. And, and my dad and his wife are constant caregivers for them. So it, I hear their stories and it, it's like, oh, well, I know about that because of this radio program. And if you don't know about that, that's why we have this radio program for you. It's a service of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. And, uh, and as always, our constant guests are constant co-hosts, I should say, Nicole Bruno and Cooper Litton. Happy to be here this evening and happy to go into the second half of the show. Uh, we have Bruce Brennan with us. And he's here to help explain one more acronym. We have not had nearly enough acronyms on this show. No. So I feel no. like we need to add a few more. That's right. Uh, so the, today's acronym is SRA, Senior Resource Alliance. And that term started being thrown around probably about 10 years ago, I think. And nobody knew what it really meant. And so Bruce is here to represent one of the Senior Resource Alliances in the Triangle region. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and good evening, everybody. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. What is an SRA, and why does it matter to listeners today? Well, the SRA is, as you mentioned, Cooper, the Senior Resource Alliance in the Triangle, and it is essentially a group of respected senior care professionals that help um, solve problems for seniors. So uh, many people in, uh, that have businesses serving seniors in the community realize that their needs are diverse, and sometimes uh, require a broad range of solutions, and uh, many times one individual entity is not able to um, help them with all of their needs. So um, each of the individual members does draw on the other members in our alliance so that we can be the best resource we can for each of our clients. So given our conversation today, oh my gosh, I just visited mom and holy cow, things are different. Um, maybe we need to move, but maybe we need some other things too. And so could you kind of just describe to us in generic terms, I guess, the types of members that you have? What, what do they represent from a group perspective? Home care agencies like yourself, what other types of? Sure. Well, um, that's a great question, Nicole. And so if you think about the situation where you would use uh, Carolina Relocation and Transition Specialist, for instance, possibly the move was initiated because of a complex medical situation. So 
um, those folks may call us and um, and and become our clients mm-hmm. when they move. And uh, the move may have been initiated by, for instance, a complex medical situation. So one of the members we have in the group is um, everybody needs a nurse, and what their specialty is is really advocating for people with complex medical situations and getting them to the doctor and talking to specialists and that sort of thing. Um, you know, they're frequently, uh, as people get older, there's, you know, we have people who uh, lose their spouse. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, the LIFT program, which is a support group for widows. And as you can imagine in that situation, how um, comforting it would be to have another um, group of people you can go talk to that have been through the same situation that you have. Um, other transitional moments in people's lives, if you lost, uh, again, let's take the widow, for instance. Um, we also have uh, Keystone Financial. One of their specialties is helping people in transition sort through their finances and that sort of thing. And um, it's not unusual for in a marriage for one of the two um, partners to be in charge of the finances. And if that person passes away and the other person is left, it's nice to have a professional to guide you through that situation. So I guess um, when I think about this, um, there may be entry points. You know, somebody may be one of your clients at uh, Comfort Keepers, and you may say find a situation where you may need to give a referral to a different organization. Is that how this works? You sort of get familiar with these other organizations and comfortable with them, understanding how their businesses work, and then if somebody needs a ramp or maybe move on to the next level of care, such as assisted living, or perhaps they lost a loved one. Is that how you make referrals within the organization, or is this done in a different manner? No, that's absolutely correct. We, the members in the organization are constantly looking to bring in other well-respected professionals who have proven that they deliver high-quality services to seniors. And then our board evaluates each of the prospective members. And um, at that point, we end up with a membership that we have total confidence in, and um, we can just simplify the process of searching for different solutions for clients. We can simplify it for us as a company, but also, most importantly, for the clients. Because frequently, um, they're dealing with things they have very little knowledge of. And if we can offer up a trusted um, uh, entity or person to provide solutions for them, it's a great benefit to them and their family. Now, now roughly how many members are there of the SRA for the Triangle? Well, there are about 20 members. So we have, uh, would, among those 20 members, as I mentioned, we have uh, financial people and legal people and home modification people, um, and we can find many solutions within that group. But one of our members also, Transitions Guiding Lights, um, is a great conduit when we don't find physicians within the group. We can go outside the group as well. So we have 20 different members in SRA, uh, approximately, and again, sometimes we do reach outside of the group as well. How did this get started? Well, it got started really, as you mentioned, Cooper, almost 10 years ago um, by some people helping seniors that realized that uh, there was a constant need um, to look beyond um, the services they provide to help uh, seniors deal with whatever their situations were. And at that point, um, uh, Jim Troll at Keystone Financial really was the founder of the organization, and he began to look for people um, to build an alliance of trusted and respected professionals in the community that um, could help seniors. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about specifically what you do. I know there's a lot of confusion, and we can never talk about it enough, on what specifically home care is and how it assists older adults in our community. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. Um, So... 
Uh, my wife Kathleen and I do on the local Comfort Keepers office. We service most of Wake County. There's several offices within uh, the Triangle, and we really focus mostly on non-medical home care. And the essence of what we do is help people live independently in their homes when they're having um, when they're needing some assistance to do so. The majority of our clients, I would say, are living in an independent residence somewhere that's a separate, detached structure, if you will. Yeah in their home and a lot of people are uh, really would like to age in place and stay where they are but we also do help people in a variety of settings so they might be in an independent living building or even in assisted living they could use some additional assistance Um, so what we do for them to answer your question really is we provide a wide range of service anything from helping people run out and do their errands or we have people who are you know they need to use a wheelchair and we have to help them get out of bed in the morning and into the shower and transferred into their wheelchair or we may use a Hoyer lift to help them do that so it's kind of a range of needs from different clients but comes back to helping people live independently when they need that kind of a help so two things you use the word non-medical but it sounds like you're doing some things that i might consider medical like assisting with bathing and dressing but then that and then also how does this get paid for yeah so that recognizing how diverse those needs are is kind of it's great for our theme today of the Senior Resource Alliance because, again, that's just the dynamic that caused the Resource Alliance to get started in the first place. Um, So we have on our staff a variety of professional people. We have personal care aides that can go out and help people do the errand running or, you know, just companionship services, very important for people who are isolated, as seniors sometimes uh, do get. Then we have certified nursing assistants who have a higher skill level in terms of the technical tasks that they do. As I mentioned, somebody getting in a physical lift to have to get out of their bed and into the shower or something, those are the people who would take care of that. We also do have RNs and LPNs on staff, and although it's not the primary focus of our business, um, we do get into um, some, you know, maybe some wound care or helping people with their medication management and things like that. And all of our services for our company are provided... Uh, by private pay, so the pay source is people pay out of their pocket, and frequently the long-term care coverage will cover our services as well as they have that policy. Okay. Bruce, uh, I know that, uh, that people are going to go, hmm, how do I find you, and uh, what do I do, what do I go online? And it's a difficult website, so how about this? Let's have somebody Google Comfort Keepers and then there's a place they can put in their zip code. Is that the best way to do things? Yeah, you can just get on the Internet and search for Comfort Keepers. And if, and there's an opportunity to put your zip code in there, and we'll make sure you get to the right person. Okay. Or there will be a number. You can just call the number on any of the websites, and we'll make sure that we have somebody taking good care okay. of Okay, phones are good. And then SRA, you know, they, can, they can reach and, and have other services available once they reach you at Comfort Keepers? You're welcome to call Comfort Keepers. I can get, in touch, I can get you in touch with any of the professionals at the SRA. You could also call the SRA directly at 919-463-0018. So, yeah, like you, Cooper said, another acronym. So I've got one that's N-E-A-A-C-G-A-S-S-S-H-A, which is not enough acronyms about caregiving and senior services. So here's another. All right. A break and back. This is Ion Health. It's Care for You and Your Parents on News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Ion Health. It's care for you and your parents. It's a service of Transitions Life Care and transitionsguidinglights.org in case you want to know where it is online. And uh, Cooper Nicole, it, it amazes me as much as I've been in this world for the past few years and no caregivers. You know, I mentioned my stepmother earlier. She's been steeped in it. She's been working with her mom and the VA and all this kind of stuff, but she didn't know about aid and attendance. And I was like, oh, I helped. I helped. Ooh, good job. But she had no idea. She's been doing this for a long time. No idea is a very common thread through the world of caregiving, isn't it? Right. We don't know what we don't know. Exactly. And that... Uh, and I don't mean this in a pejorative sense, that ignorance, because we're all ignorant of something we have not experienced mm-hmm. before, can can lead to really a fear and you're being overwhelmed. And then people pro- start procrastinating. And there are very few things related to caregiving planning that get better through just letting it sit. No. Uh, we, we, we've got to take action, even if the action is just to explore what the options are going to be next. And, and that was really what our first two guests were about, were organizations that provide options. And uh, Transitions Guiding Lights uh, is really the uh, no-wrong-door opportunity for caregivers in this community to seek help. And that's really what brought uh, Guiding Lights and Transitions Life Care together, was trying to partner to create options for people that live in this area who don't know what they don't know, but they know they need help and they need it now. Right. And there are no wrong questions. No. <laughs> but you get a lot of them this time of year. Yeah. And people, I mean, they truly, when they call, they feel so, they, lack of a better term, they feel stupid. They just feel like they should know more and they don't know more. So they feel guilty. They are suddenly faced with something that they can't turn away from. And they are just overwhelmed, and they, they've made maybe perhaps some promises to loved ones, you know, over the years that they wouldn't do certain things, but now they're faced with a, a health challenge that nobody expected and maybe breaking a promise that I've never, I would never move you out of your home or um, I don't know how I would feel about bringing a stranger into the house to care for mom when I'm not there. What if they steal things? And so there's all this fear of, you know, changing your world and your dynamic and, and the way you're living on a day-to-day basis just from the caregiver's perspective, let right. alone the individual receiving the care. Well, in the world of uh, writing movies and books, there's the there's this concept of there's always going to be a good story with the fish out of water or the stranger in a strange land. Once we get to this role of having to figure out caregiving, we're fish out of water and we have no idea how to swim. Well, and every caregiving experience is different. Mm-hmm. And so even if you've been a caregiver before, the person you were caring for before may have had one set of diagnoses and put them on a different trajectory. Uh, Now you're dealing with a new loved one in your life who has a different illness with a different set of medical needs, a different set of medical partners and resources. And you say, well, this isn't what I dealt with before. It doesn't Mm. feel the same. Well, Mm. because it's not the same. That's a very good point. And we are all students of the moment, if you will, that we're having to learn Mm -hmm. how to deal with the present. And the present is constantly evolving when you're a caregiver, and it really that's where that caregiver stress, I think, comes mm-hmm. from, is you're so busy evolving to the caregiver, I mean, the loved one's need, that sometimes you don't have a chance to take care of your own self. Mm-hmm. And so part of this uh, show today is really looking at what do you not know about how to access resources, but keep in mind, you got to take care of yourself in order to take care of your loved one. Uh, Nicole, so how often does somebody call you and say, this is what's going on with mom and I need some help with this? How, how soon in the conversation do you turn it around and say, this is what you need to do for mom, now here's what you need to do for you? Oh, very, very 
frequently. And sometimes it's people think about themselves last. And that's just human nature for most folks. Um, caregiver I spoke to the other day for at least an hour, you know, called me up and said, mom was living independently, is living independently, and has wandered away five times in the last month. And um, yet they're still living home alone, mm. right? And But they put in place a caregiver, and then they're there seven days a week. And they also have a full-time job. And, you know, it was I could just tell she was about to break. She just couldn't take it anymore, but also was very scared about, well, where do I place mom? And and so it's very complicated. You know, we talk a lot about the different levels of care. And the reason why calling a place like Transitions Guiding Lights is so important is that there are so many families that get into a situation where they place mom or dad in the wrong place, and mm. then they have to move them two or three times before, you know, eventually they pass on. And so part of what we do is we look at, you know, what's the disease diagnosis? What other things are going on with this loved one? How much money do you have? How long does this money going to last? And then we try to place them in a place that can take care of them from where they're at now all the way to the end. And I think one of the biggest issues that we have is when we look at places to move mom or dad, maybe they have an Alzheimer's diagnosis. We're looking at it through a lens of what we're accustomed to, you know, we're accustomed to the busy wallpaper and the fancy chandeliers. But then if you look perhaps at an, an assisted living with a memory care unit, it might be more sparse. Mm -hmm. And that was actually the conversation I had with this loved one. But mom, you know, she's physically fine. It's just her mind isn't there. Well, you have to understand the reason why these places are designed this way is because there's been a lot of research and what will work effectively with a person with dementia. So take off the lens that you're looking through right. and realize that this person will probably get a bump up in their cognition if they're placed there. And they'll probably do better for a little while longer before they start to continue to decline. When I talk to family members uh, who are dealing with a loved one, one of the things that is a subtle undertone in the conversation I have is that they're dealing with some personal shame. Yep. They feel like that they should know that mm -hmm. they don't, and they don't know, and they're they're embarrassed. They feel like they've let their loved one down. Well, when you look at something as complex as Medicare or Medicaid. Uh, and we've had guests on the show that really speak to this. These issues are so complex. The people who work in Medicare don't understand all of Medicare. Right. The people who work in Medicaid don't understand right. all of it. Right, because they're moving targets all they're the time. They're moving targets. Changing. The the reality of trying to work in placement is that one assisted living or adult care facility is not the same as the one that's literally two blocks down the street. They're not the same. Mm -hmm. And so you can't know it all. And if family members walk into this with this idea that they should, they've really placed themselves, they've set themselves up for failure. Right. You've got to be willing to ask for help and then take that help and realize that's the way you're being the advocate for your loved one is you're the one seeking assistance. And you may need assistance many times in this process. Right. And the difference between guiding lights mm -hmm. and going directly to a home care agency is you don't have a dog in the fight. You know, a home yeah. care agency, yes, for the most part, they're going to do the right thing for your loved one, but they're in a business to make money as well. You will do whatever is the best thing for the loved one. Based on the information we're given. And that's right, that's true. That's, that's very really true. key. Without money is part of the object. Well, well but, but the other piece of it is, is and, I, and I really impress this upon the family caregivers, is you can't hide your crap. You know, you're telling right. me, Mom, is this, that, and the other thing, but the, the reality is maybe she's, you know, combat of hitting people or wandering and you may not tell the facility and then they get placed and then it's a wrong placement and they have to move 
the person is eventually going to show what their true behaviors are. And if you're not upfront with that, a long-term care community, then you're going to be setting yourself up for big time failure right. and another world of hurt. For You've got to be transparent. One. You've got to be authentic. There's no hiding it. Well, and sometimes families hide it from themselves. They don't want to admit that the, the wonderful, charming, loving mom, aunt, or spouse that they had isn't the one that they have now. I have a, right. an acquaintance of mine who's dealing with a spouse who's with Alzheimer's who was always a very loving and gentle and caring person. With the onset and the advancement of Alzheimer's, that personality has changed dramatically, and she's tough. Right. Aggression and agitation kicks in. But I think it was maybe Shakespeare who said the truth will out, and whether (laughs) you say it or or events reveal Mm -hmm. it, it's going to happen. It's compassionate truth-telling that allows people to really explore the the true options for care, And, and it takes guts to make that phone call. Uh, but if you ask for help and there are safe places to get that help, like Transitions Guiding Lights, then you're really in a place to, to, to do the best thing for your loved one. And frankly, it's an act of courage. Mm-hmm. It truly, uh, truly is. is. And an act of love yes. for both your loved one mm-hmm. and for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, self-care is so important. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about, we had the uh, Baptist Ministries on, you know, how the importance of taking care of yourself. Because, again, this is not... Uh, a trip that's going to be a minute or two. It's going to it's going to go on for. It's a marathon. It's, 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 it's miles and miles. And if you don't, well, you don't know where stuff, the finish line is. No, I mean it could be <laughs> done in a minute moving. or two, but yeah. it may go on for a very very long time. So it's yeah, you really have to take care of yourself. For yeah, sure. and I don't know that. Uh, and and apologize. I apologize if we don't. I don't know that we highlight transitions guiding lights enough in this program. We sort of say you know it's transitions life care, it's transitions guiding lights, but. You really are, as uh, as Cooper said off the air, you're the wide mouth of the funnel mm-hmm. for the beginning of help for so many people. Sure. Absolutely. And there's no charge for those services. They don't have to figure out how do I pay for it when they make that call to Transitions Guiding. Right. You just have to put up with Nicole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I got her, got her to say right before he even knew hey. what he was saying. Wait a minute. Wait, what did I agree to? <laughs> Come on now. Show me some love. <laughs> All righty. Well, we are out of time, unfortunately. Again, thanks so much to Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights for, uh, for making this program uh, a very real possibility. And online, Transitions Guiding Lights NC, right? No, guidinglightsnc.org or okay. transitionsguidinglights.org. You got it. Okay, because once again, N-E-A-A-C-G-A-S-S-S-H-A. Not enough acronyms about caregiving and senior <laughs> services. Just Google us. So here's <laughs> All righty. Do it again next week? Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Cooper. Thank you, Nicole. This is Zion Health. It's Care Feeding Your Parents on News Radio 680 WPTF.